What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. This is your host, Bria, and uh, I have a really special guest here for you today that I am excited to introduce you to. Um, This is Jen, and she ultimately is a expert in helping you in loving yourself again and finding that self-love. And, uh, um, you know, full disclosure, Jen and I have known each other for probably a decade. Has it been that long? Yeah. And um, I think we have both struggled in this area and, you know, are constantly prevailing it and working on prevailing it. And I felt like it was such a relevant topic and why I really wanted to have you on, Jen, for, um, for this podcast is that, you know, when we're struggling in these pre-menopause and even post-menopause years, the imbalance of our hormones really almost highlights or put a, puts a spotlight on the areas of our life that are we're living out of integrity. So we, as much as we can eat as well as we want and move as well as we want, but inevitably there's parts of our lives that still need to be healed. And, and they usually come up in some level of resentment or some level of blocking or frustration. And a lot of it starts and ends with this self-love piece. Um, so I'm so excited to have you on here to first share a bit of your story to explain why I think you are a great person who is out in the world teaching this topic and helping more women about this topic and normalizing this topic, but also um, to give us some, some you know, starting points on how to get there. So Perfect. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bria, for having me. I've always felt such a strong connection with you mm-hmm. and we've had so many deep um emotional, personal talk. So this is just going to be one of them. And I'm excited that your listeners can just kind of sit with us and drink some tea or whatever they want to do and, mm-hmm. and be a part of this conversation. So thanks for having me. Oh, yes. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about well, what you do and how you got here and your story? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Jenny, everybody, Bria, and um, people who've known me a long time call me Jen. Either one is perfectly great. Um, Yeah. So when Bria and I met, I was in a very different place in my life. I had been married for almost 22 years. I was coming off of being 50 pounds overweight. And weight is just one of those things that we are constantly looking at throughout our lives as humans. But 
for me, the excess weight was really um, a symbol of what was going on inside. I was um, really disconnected from myself, from my truth, from my inner wisdom, from my inner guidance. I was living life really externally. I was part of an organized religion that I was constantly trying to be perfect in to gain worth. I was in um, a really difficult marriage. Um, I'm the mom of two kids. And I had given up my career or stepped away from my career as an elementary school teacher um, to raise my kids. So I was really in a place of unhappiness, disconnect, and my self-love was beyond um, lower than low, mm. um, low self-esteem, low self-worth, because I had put all of that into external vessels. Um, and it really was connecting back to my body that started my self-love journey because something deep inside told me to love my body instead of shaming it, hating it, being mad at it, judging it, trying to fix it. So when I started my health transformation, my physical health transformation, it really came up from a place of appreciating what my body was and what my body could do and loving the things about my body. And my journey was beautiful. It was an internal and an external journey. And so that kind of kicked it off. And I was able to leave um, our unhappy marriage. I've been divorced now for five years and we have a beautifully loving relationship both with each other in a different way and for our children. Um, and that only can come because I learned to love myself. Mm -hmm. I also stepped away from the organized religion, which was a huge part of my identity. Um, and but today I am so more spiritual than ever. Um, and so now I've always been a teacher and, um, it's, it's natural for me to teach my process. Mm -hmm. And, um, so self-love coaching just really became natural for me. I was doing it long before I gave myself permission to do it. Um, as a career. And I have a podcast and I have um, a self-love journal and a self-love deck of cards. And it's just, I, I'm living the best life. Mm, I think that's so, I'm, first of all, I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy for you. You know, I know it wasn't done without a lot of work, right? You know, we, sometimes we, you know, we get to connect on these podcasts and hear these things, often after all of the, you know, and the work keeps going. I know that, but often after the hardest parts of the work. Um, so, you know, how did you know, how did you know that you were really living out of integrity with yourself? Like what were the signs that you recognized in you? Cause I think we all, you know, notice it in different ways. And certainly weight is one of these things where, you know, if we are struggling to really connect in our body that way, or we're using food or other things as, as a comfort or a numbing situation, that's a pretty clear indicator. But for you, how did you notice it? I love that question because ooh, I, I literally have chills right now. Oh, um, oh you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I know. Um, I. 
am an optimistic, positive, enthusiastic person. That's my soul. And for 25 years, I was not that person. And I knew it. And I was really mad about it Mm -hmm. because I knew that I was not showing up in the world as a teacher, as a wife, as a mom, as a friend, as a daughter, um, my authentic self. I didn't know how. I don't know. I didn't know how I got there. And I certainly didn't know how to connect back to who I truly was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it. I woke up every day sad, depressed, pessimistic, lonely, angry. And I just knew that that was not me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that that that's where the internal work began mm-hmm. of I am out of alignment with me. Um, and yeah, that's where it all started. It's um, I know a lot of women struggle with this. This is what I hear from a lot of you guys listening to the podcast is like, I just feel so lost. I look in the mirror and I don't even feel like me. I don't look like me. Like, and it's not, you know, we might, because of society, we might really pin it on how we look, but it really ultimately is how we're feeling. And to wake up and not recognize yourself, you know, it's, it's a terrible feeling. And yet you're right. It's a huge moment where I think you're kind of surrendering and realizing like, oh no, this is not who I am. And I don't want to be this person anymore. And that's that first step, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, thank you. I know, you know me, like there's, there's pretty much always going to be tears. And I used to always blame my hormones on it. I'd be like, oh, it's my hormones. But really, again, that's just who I am. Like I, um, I think tears are wit are a testifying of truth. And so I just let them come freely. Um, something you said at the top, even in the intro that made me really, I think about things is, you know, your listeners, when we're struggling physically, emotionally, um, the first thing we normally do is, is criticize ourselves. I mean, it's almost, it is instinctual and innate that we go into judgment mode of what is wrong with me? How can I fix it? And the subconscious, the subliminal thing is I did something to create this. Mm -hmm. So I'm mad at myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is such a powerful part of self-love. Like that is the basis of where you can start to to shift is be very mindful of when you're struggling on those struggling days to start having a battle within yourself and blaming yourself and judging yourself and criticizing yourself. Because once you realize that you're doing that, you can choose differently. Just like I did with like my physical transformation, we can do that on a daily basis. That voice in our head is so quick to say, you know, why, why are you doing this to yourself or how, you know, why are you feeling this way? No, take that voice, set it to the side and use that beautiful mothering, comforting voice of sweetheart. Today is a hard day and I'm right here with you, loving you through it. You did nothing to create this and we're going to get through this together. 
And that is like the number one thing that we can do and practice. And it's hard because we're human and that's not natural um, to shift right away. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was um, the We Can Do Hard Things podcast. And they were talking about in codependency and how, you know, people throw around this word gaslighting along and, and ultimately, you know, yes, it's a real thing, but nobody gaslights you more than yourself. Pretty much. Exactly. Like, and that's, you know, we, we, and for people, you know, who are struggling with this, this feeling of how did I get, you know, this isn't me and how did I get here? But that like, it must be my fault. I think they also really struggle with like, I made this decision. I made this like, like I made my bed. Now I have to lie in it. And it's like, mm, you don't. Well, and what I teach my clients and what I talk about a lot, you know, in in my community is the more that we're judging, criticizing, shaming, that is energy that is distracting us from healing mm. and resting and growing. So the more energy we put in that inner conflict, the more it's just, it's just, it's just a waste of energy. So again, put it to the side, turn to love and acceptance and compassion, and we will move through whatever struggle we are going through so much more efficiently, maybe not quicker, but in a more serene, beautiful way. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's, you know, that's huge. I think there, what you just said, because, you know, energy is a commodity that we are all low on these days. And when our energy is focused in the negative on the negative, like we have no energy left to move through it, to move to the next piece. So just that, that actual active practice of stopping and saying like, okay, I'm going to shift this mind. I'm going to shift these thoughts to another, another positive way so that I can get through it because what's, you know, there's nothing I can do about this now. It's time to, to move on. That's a a really unique moment right in there. So you're saying the first thing is to really shift and have more compassionate language with yourself, being more gentle. Does that, is that seem correct? There. Yes. Yes. And do you find like, it's, I think it's hard, you know, for us to do that for ourselves. So I I will say in this moment, one of the best things you can do for yourself and uh, tell me if you agree or not, this is when you either get a coach or get a therapist or get a something, because we do need someone to, to help us recognize when we're having those moments and give us permission to be kinder to ourselves, to let go and to move on. It's not natural. It's very natural for us to put our best foot forward in the relationships that we care about outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But this concept of our relationship with ourselves is very new and very unnatural. Our society has taught us that it's selfish, that it's egotistical, even narcissistic. Um, and I just, I just did a reel on social media. Like, look, if you're putting off self-love because you're afraid you're going to become an egotistical narcissist, that would have already happened by now. Like you already would have been that, you know? So put all those fears aside and put that belief system aside of 
nurturing ourselves, having compassion for ourselves, loving ourselves is actually essential because mm-hmm. if we don't have that relationship with ourselves, that strong relationship of how to self-soothe, how to self-validate, um, all of these things, then we can't fully give love or receive love mm-hmm. from the people around us. Mm -hmm. And I was the queen in my marriage. I was like blaming my husband for not loving me the way that I wanted to be loved. And now like with this awareness, oh my gosh, like I didn't love myself. So there was no way that I could receive the love that he was giving me Mm -hmm. in his own way because I didn't love myself and I couldn't love him back. Um, the way that a partnership requires because I didn't love myself. Mm, that's that's really huge. My, I have a question on that. Like, what are your thoughts then? And I know people are, you know, listening to this, you know, whether they're in a marriage or whether they're not, it could be relationship with their parents. It could be a relationship right. with their child. You know, there are some relationships we cannot like divorce. Be- Divorce, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some we don't need to divorce, right? Like there's relationships. It's not that that's the answer for everyone, but how does someone, you know, focus on their personal growth and their self-love within the confines of these relationships um, versus outside of them? I love that question. Oh my gosh. The people that I work with um, one-on-one, none of them are single. So all of my clients are in some sort of partnership, relationship, but I love the fact that you brought up our children and our parents too, because every relation, it doesn't even matter if it's coworkers or friendships, it all starts with the relationship with us. We are going to show up more authentic and more abundant in all of our relationships. So how to do that? One of my biggest things as if, if we are moms or parents and self-love is not just for women, it is for men as well, um, is how are our children going to learn to love themselves if we don't model it? We can't just say, love yourself unconditionally, sweetheart, if we are really awful to ourselves in front of them, mm-hmm. or they can even, you know, see Um, So it is essential if we are parents to love ourselves so that we can teach and model it to our children. Um, But in like a romantic partnership, it really is about I'm I'm a big proponent of daily self-connection. So spending time with yourself, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes would be ideal. Mm -hmm. But connecting to yourself, knowing what you want who you are, what your needs and desires are, and then you take it out into your relationship. Mm -hmm. So that way you can speak your truth in a loving way to your partner. You can um, set boundaries, which are very different than barriers. You know, you you learn to set boundaries through self-love. Once you have that strong self-connection and continue to do it on a daily basis, you can, I call it loving yourself first or loving yourself next to your partner. 
Mm-hmm. And because we are, we have been trained to love others before we love ourselves. Mm-hmm. So are you self-sacrificing? Are you self-abandoning in your relationship? Um, you know, and and every time we do that, we think it's in the name of our relationship, but really it's um, breaking down our own self-trust and our own self-worth when we do that. Mm. Ooh, yeah, I think you're absolutely, that's right. So what you're saying is, if you're like within the con, I don't want to say confines within the, you know, relationship with whomever it is, if you are struggling and you need to start to find that self-love again, one, a good practice would be to just a committed carved out 10, 20 best case scenario, 30 minutes a day where you are. And what would you do? What do you suggest they we do? Like sit in that moment alone, journal, meditate, like what's happening in those 30 minutes? Yeah, great question. And my coaching is all about the client. So it is not a one size fit, right. fits all cookie cutter program. So I, I would say like the first question that you ask yourself is number one, when do I feel most connected to myself? What am I doing when I feel connected to myself? And some people, you guys, some, it could be in the shower. Me, I realized long before this journey that I turn off the lights when I blow dry my hair. I have no idea why I would do that. But then I realized when I blow dry my hair with the lights off, I am internal and I'm not thinking about my day, but I'm thinking about you know, who I am and what I want for my day. So mm-hmm. that's quite, that's number one is what do you do to feel connected to yourself? Some it's taking a nature walk, some it's running, some it's yoga, some it's journaling, some it's, it's, um, guided meditation, whatever it takes. And, and some people are, when I ask, when have you self-connected last? Like, when have you just been with yourself without any distractions? Most people are like, um, I like on vacation one time, you know, we are very disconnected from ourselves. The more we're connected to our devices, the more we are disconnected from others, but even more disconnected from ourselves. So I didn't totally answer that question because it really depends on the person. And what's so, what's so like huge about being disconnected from yourself is that it impacts every aspect of your life. Being disconnected from yourself means you're going to struggle to have pleasure. It means you're going to struggle struggle to have sexual pleasure. It's going to means you're going to have trouble, you know, hearing what your body is saying when it's inflamed or hungry or not hungry or needs to rest. Like we have, not only have we become so disconnected, but we've actually, we actually really deny the needs of our body. Totally. I mean, this could go right into self-worth as well. I literally spent my whole decade in my 30s um, not having any sexual pleasure, no orgasms, but like no fun either. I wasn't having fun. I, there, you know, when your self-love and your self-esteem and your self-image gets to a place, you lose your self-worth. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, I'm not worthy of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a really scary place to be. Um, but many of us have gotten there and, and it's a very subtle slope. 
So I hope that this is kind of a wake up call for anyone out there that's like, if you feel you are not worthy of good sex or good food or laughter, you know, uh, and I'm not talking like a vacation twice a year. We are deserving of this every day. Like we, it is there for us, accessible for us every single day. Yeah. We are worthy of that. Yeah. Yeah. We've almost been, you know, taught to like hustle or like over, what's the word? Like being so overproductive, like that self-sacrificing bit we've taught to like put everyone else ahead of us. We've almost forgotten what it even feels like to feel these things. And And then it's like, geez, Louise, like, how how do I get back to this? How do I get, you know, how do I, I don't even, I ask women a lot, you know, when was the last time, like, it's a very similar, I think a similar concept to what you're saying of self-connecting, but I'm like, when was the last time you laughed so hard you like cried or you like walked out, you know, I always find when I go to a really good movie or a musical and you just feel the energy of like goodness of people around you, like that's when I can really feel connected to who I am and if you haven't done that, you forget it's even possible for you. Totally. That is like how I got into coaching because I was coaching so many people around me before I was ever a coach. Mm -hmm. And because people would say like, I don't even know who I am. I don't even know what I like. I don't even know what's fun for me anymore. And I had been there and I just started saying like, well, find out. And so that's what I do with my clients. Like I have this tool called the joy list. Mm -hmm. Um, You're welcome to go visit my podcast. You can learn more about it. There's lots of reels about joy list, but it's as easy as just like what be mindful of when you feel joy and write it down in your phone. And keep an active list. I have white lights on one of my sailboats in my apartment because I realized in the moment that little white lights bring me joy. So I added it to my joy list. And then I have this awesome ship that my dad made for me. And I'm like, I'm going to add white lights to that. So having an active joy list of where you're intentional and mindful about when you feel joy and what you're doing in that moment, add it to the list. And then it's a beautiful tool because when we are having those low energy, low vibe days, we can go to our joy list and be like, what can I do? Oh, on my joy list, it's listen to this one playlist that I created that always makes me want to get up and dance. I could do that. And it's an energy shift. So that is one of my tools that I coach to reconnect back to who you are and what you like. And that's, I have four pillars of self-love as part of my curriculum and it's um, self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-compassion and self-fulfillment. And, and the joy list falls under the self-fulfillment. I love that. It is a great tool because I think it is, again, it's that active practice of, of becoming aware of what it is that brings you joy so that you can foster that connection further and more, you know, and that's connecting to yourself. 
Yeah. It's interesting because in this day and age, we so quickly turn to food for joy or alcohol for joy or, or, you know, I don't know, drugs, you know, shopping, things like that. And unfortunately they're real surface level joy pieces that actually like, I think trigger more in our guilt side, right? Like they end up, you know, leaving us sort of empty feeling, um, or feeling worse and they rob us of our ability to experience joy. If you are drinking alcohol every day, like your brain does shift and change. Um, Or if you're eating sugar every day, your brain like like physiologically changes and we start to rob ourselves of our ability to do that. And it's society done that. Sorry to interrupt. I'm like chomping at the bit. I love that you brought that up because you just described us being human. Mm -hmm. We're all human. Yeah. And we all have dopamine. Mm -hmm. And it's just who we are mm-hmm. and we can get really caught up in those dopamine hits, whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. And I really practice not beating ourselves up and just, you know, that self-compassion piece. Mine was dating apps. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I Here I am a self-love coach. You know, I do it for a living and I do walk the walk and I got cut up in the swipe game. Like when I was lonely, when I was bored, when I was tired, I just start swiping mm-hmm. and I removed it from my life for six months. And the greatest stuff happened mm-hmm. when I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's everywhere. So any, we just are mindful of external joy and pleasure is 100% okay. As long as it doesn't, that's not our only joy and fulfillment. So what can we do? The more we can look to ourselves for fulfillment um, alongside those external fulfillments, that's where the balance is. That's where um, the healthy, the healthy space is. Oh, that's amazing. I like that because it's it's also a reminder, like pleasure much like in all of its forms, like self-love, like you were saying, how could you, how could some, how could you possibly receive love or give love to someone else if you don't love yourself? And the same goes for like, how can we, I think we get really caught up in life expecting other people to make us happy or bring us or make us make life fun or fulfilled. But it's like, it's, it's an inside job. It's our whole responsibility to do that for ourselves and maybe guide our children to learn how to do that for themselves. Otherwise it's just never going to happen. Well, yeah, we're, yeah, we, if we, when we look to other things to fill our cup, it's like our cup has holes and it just flows through. But when we can fill our own cup, I always say, um, you know, I was in a relationship, um, a really healthy relationship, um, while I was, you know, on my podcast and I talked about this, I said, I love, I fill my own cup of love so that his love is just the icing on the cake. Mm, I like, like I never want to say like self-love is isolating ourselves so that we don't need it from anyone else or want it from anyone else. No, of course not. We are here on earth as humans to connect. So I never want to give the perception that what I do and what I teach is to make us completely fulfilled on our own. No, However, when we do it first mm-hmm. as a priority, then we, then what you said, like 
oh my gosh, that's where those healthy relationships lie because it takes the pressure off of that person. It's just love and compassion and forgiveness and fun, but it's, it doesn't come from a need space. It comes from like a want space. That's an, I love that metaphor. I've actually used a similar one, but ultimately in life, our needs, we should be able to meet our needs so that we're the most like delicious cupcake ever. And all the other things that come from, relationships and external factors really should be like the icing, the sprinkles, whipped cream, and the cherry. You know, it should be those extra things, but we should feel like a great cupcake all on our own. Our jobs. I always, I always say like relationships and jobs kind of in the, you know, our bank account, all of these things can be like the icing and the sprinkles on our cupcake. Mm. Oh, I like that. Oh, that makes me really excited about more icing and sprinkles on the cup, like about (laughs) having the best cupcake, you know, for yourself feeling like, you know, that's that, I guess that's that self-worth, right? And that self-fulfillment. What are your thoughts then on if you, you know, are in a relationship and, and it's, you know, you're doing this work and it's not very supported? Yeah, that's really common. It's hard when you're doing the internal work and your partner is not. Mm-hmm. And that was the space that I was in. Um, the more we respect our own journey, mm-hmm. the more we're able to respect other people's journeys. Mm. And I found that a lot in dating. Um, you know, I've been on my own journey. I have my own path. I'm secure in it. And trust me, it has been a windy path. <laughs> you know, I've done a lot of different phases and and growth and back through, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. Yeah. But I'm secure with that. And I'm I have so much acceptance of myself and my own growth that when I come up with people that aren't in because nobody's in the same space that we are. So to expect that is super unrealistic. So if you are in a relationship and you're doing work, the inner work, um, and your partner is not first, I would, I would do a gut check of, do I have unrealistic expectations of my partner and how can I accept where they're at? Mm -hmm. Uh, because if we accept where we're at in the most compassionate, loving way, then it's so much easier to accept. And that goes for coworkers and friends and siblings. Oh my gosh, siblings, Mm -hmm. you know, as well. Um, All of our relationships. Is there a way to know whether, you know, and maybe it's, it's not possible, but whether your growth needs to be done alone or not? Um, In your opinion. <laughs> I think, again, I I always go back to the individual soul. Yeah. This is soul work. Mm-hmm. And I get asked a lot, is it time for me to leave this relationship? You know, I'm stuck. The only thing I could say is, you know, when you know, Mm -hmm. I was married for 22 years and for the full 22 years, I knew, but I was not ready. Sometimes our mind or sorry, sometimes our gut, our soul knows. 
something, but our hearts and our minds are not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so I always use the phrase with my clients, more will be revealed. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the answer now, don't search for the answer. Continue to do these practices that I teach, these self-love practices, and you will know when you know. You'll get an answer. Yeah. Um. The alone part, that would be very specific to each person, I would say. Because yeah. it's, it's an interesting thing, growth, right, when it comes to is... I'm sure in many ways, growing alone is like an unobstructed growth, right? You're only dealing with your own things. But actually the beauty of a relationship or the relationships we have is that it it brings up the way areas that we need to grow in that we don't even realize without it. So without having these relationships, some, so sometimes we want to look at it like we, you know, we need these relationships in order to grow faster. Oh, 100. Oh my gosh. Like exclamation mark, exclamation mark. That's why I never say don't date after a divorce or don't jump into a relationship because you know what? It's going to, it's, there's going to be bumps and bruises and lots of, you know, but that's all growth. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Now, it happens both ways. So I did all of that in dating and in the, in a relationship. And that's really where I was able to heal a lot of my marital wounds and all of that was in relationship and in dating. Mm-hmm. And then I took those six months off and it was like a deeper, a deeper source of growth and healing. Um, but I wasn't ready to do that until I was ready to do it. So it really is goes back to that self-connection. Like we have the answers inside of us. And as a self-love coach, I don't tell my clients the answers. I guide them back to their internal wisdom and their compass of what is right for them. Because it, it literally everybody's path, everybody's journey is different. And there is no right or wrong, good or bad. Mm. I love that. It's that, you know, reminder that you said earlier on about, you know, when, when you asked someone, when someone says to you, they don't even know how to connect with themselves. And you're like, well, it's time to figure it out. I mean, ultimately the only way we lose is if we give up. And I think yeah. that is the risk that we we get to at this age is that we know we're intolerant of some things. This is kind of you know, they call it a midlife crisis. They call it, you know, it's men up, whatever you want to call it. But ultimately your body is no longer tolerant of the things that you've been sweeping under the rug. And you could just like lay down and just accept it. But I think what we're hoping you don't do is that. Yes. Yes. And I got used to get really annoyed because self-love was such a cliche. Mm-hmm. And it was like, just love yourself, just fall in love with yourself. And I really created my podcast and all of my social media because I got sick and tired of hearing that. And yeah. nobody was talking about how, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm that person. I can teach people not just to say, love yourself, but I can teach you how. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm really specific about that. Like I'm always giving practices and tools of how to do it. Mm-hmm. 
I love that, Jen. I can see why you are so successful at what you do and how you're able to help so many people and to kind of move this into a really positive place again before we wrap up, Mm -hmm. you know. I think one of the most powerful things that you have that we all need to remember is perspective, right? Mm -hmm. That we can go into life, um, you know, we know when things are hard and we want to change. Sometimes it can feel like we're climbing Mount Everest or we're about Mm -hmm. to climb. And you can either look at that damn mountain and be like, this is going to suck. Or we can say, this is going to be hard, but gosh, along the way, there's going to be a beautiful summit and a beautiful summit and a beautiful view. And, you know, there's still a lot of positive perspective we can have along the way to getting where we want to go. And that's life. That is life for sure. I love it. Thank you so much. This was a beautiful conversation. I'm so excited. I feel like everyone, you know, gets to walk away here with some really clear value around, well, the clarity of what self-love and self-fulfillment is, where to start with it, how to know, you know, and where to go. And and if they want to evolve this, they want to catch more of you, where is the best place for them to do that? Yeah. I was just thinking of you were a guest on my podcast. So if your listeners haven't already listened, my podcast is called Falling in Love with Yourself. Um, And it's on, you know, all podcast platforms. Bria was just a few episodes back, so you don't have to scroll down too far. Um, I really hang out on Instagram. Um, it's Jenny underscore Drake underscore. I do have a website, Jenny-Drake.com. I also do a free thing for my community, for my tribe. We have a we have a um, private Facebook page. It's called the Falling in Love with Myself Tribe. Um, and we meet on Zoom every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And we talk about self-love principles and the women who have been consistent. It's now open to men, by the way. Um, but the, the, the self-lovers who have been participating consistently. I love that. <laughs> hashtag that. Yeah. That just came out. Like, I don't even think I've ever used that, but, um, Cause now I really am. I have, I have male clients and I have men in my tribe. And so, you know, I'm still breaking the barriers of this. This applies to everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, come to falling in love with myself tribe zooms Monday mornings. They are, I mean, I get teary just thinking about it because it's such a, such a beautiful way to start our week of, of, uh, being intentional in a self-loving way. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Jenny. And I will, I'll put all these links in the show notes so that everyone can just swipe up and, and click them. But thank you for all you do for the work you do and for just being you. Thanks, Bria. Love you. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.